Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the UI Breakfast Podcast. I'm your host, Jane Portman, and today our awesome guest is Ridima Gupta, lead product designer at Databricks, and we're going to talk about designing for technical domains. This episode is brought to you by Dovetail, the customer insights platform that gets you from data to insights fast. Dovetail has launched exciting new AI features to help you understand large amounts of customer feedback fast, automatically cluster themes, analyze sentiment, and summarize transcripts while keeping your participant data safe and sound. For an extended 30-day free trial exclusive to our listeners, go to dovetail.com slash UI breakfast. Hi, Redima. Hey, Jane. So nice to meet you. We're very excited to have you here today and tackle this complex topic that also helps you make a lot of money. Not just you, but <laughs> anybody. <laughs> Before we dive in, tell us more about your background story and how you got started. You have a super impressive list of companies on your portfolio resume list. <laughs> Tell us the story. Yeah, yeah, that's very kind of you. Yeah, so actually my roots kind of started in architecture uh, in India. That's where I'm originally from. So I started architecture and urban planning for my undergrad. And along the way, I kind of got interested in designing for digital domains there's a very interesting story there which got me interested. So I was working with a the friend of mine who was developing an app. This was in like 2012. So, you know, Android and apps for like Windows and uh, iOS were all the rage in those years. So he contacted me like, hey, can you help with like a design for an app that he was building? And so that's where as an architecture student, I got exposed to designing for apps. So that's where I got started. And yeah, since then, I decided to kind of work with a design agency in India. I worked there for a couple of months to test out if I actually like working in digital mediums. I actually absolutely loved that experience. I met some of my best friends who I'm still in touch with over there. And yeah, since then, I've been working. I came to the US in 2014 for my master's in HCI. And for most of my career after graduating from the program, I've been working in the B2B domain. So I started like working at Juniper for some time and then like worked at Tableau for a couple of years. Had a brief stint at Amazon as well. And now I work at Databricks on the machine learning platform. So basically the, the machine learning platform Databricks is it we build developer tools for people to build machine learning applications easily. And uh, it's been a very interesting and very rewarding journey for me at Databricks. I joined them a year and a half ago and with very little experience in machine learning when I joined. And uh, yeah, I would love to kind of, we can dive into that too uh, at some point, but it's been a hell of a very interesting journey to kind of learn the, the domain. From the, from the ground up in this team. Tell us more about Databricks. I was yeah. quite surprised to learn that the company is like 
6,000 people and they have multiple well, products, but product areas under your hood and you're competing with a big set of individual products. So mm-hmm. that is one of your approaches. How does product mm-hmm. design team look like? Like how many people, what do you do? What's What role uh, you hold there? Yeah, absolutely. So a little bit about Databricks first. So Databricks actually, the way I would describe it is it is a end-to-end data platform. And what that means is that like people can do anything related to data on the platform. So including like ingesting large amounts of data into the platform to visualizing it, to querying the data to then running, to doing machine learning on the data. So there's a lot of different aspects to the product. When it comes to the product design team, the product design team is about 15 of us for the company. It is, it's a small and nimble and mighty team who's trying to work in this like very interesting domain. And uh, we try to, you know, meet weekly, share our work with each other, critique our work. And kind of we have a very, we are also building out our design system right now. So we have an initial version of the design system, but we're evolving it to the next stage. And I would say like, in terms of the, like how the product design team is situated is that the very, because the the Databricks platform is very wide in, in nature, because it supports like a lot of these quote unquote product surfaces each designer kind of is a owner of a whole product area like by themselves and within each area it it's a very deep area each of these like areas within databricks like for example machine learning itself you can go so deep just in machine learning so like my primary focus is on machine learning but some other designers like are building are designing for the visualization part of the product there's a designer who's like solely focused on ingestion of data into the platform as well. So that's kind of how we've structured the team so far. And the team right now is mostly comprised of more senior ICs just to kind of, you know, get the ground running and so they can work with these teams initially. But the goal is that over the next few years, we grow the teams within each vertical of the product. Thank you for showing us around the internals of the company. So the question is, you joined a year and a half ago. And let's start with the hard questions. Do you feel like you were onboarded to the technical domain that your company like works in? Or did you have to do the hard work yourself? Yeah, so that's a great question, not, I think. Not to make the company yeah. look yeah. bad, but still, <laughs> yeah. give us the yeah. honest, honest take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... In terms of being able to learn the domain, that was something that I was on my own. But what I, where the company kind of helped me was they gave me time to kind of spend time in exploration and learning. So the first two, two and a half months of me joining Databricks was I did not have a lot of work, like project work assigned to me. And, you know, my managers and leadership were like hey go read books take Coursera courses watch YouTube videos like use this time to to learn ask questions and so that's where they kind of gave me a lot of liberty in terms of actually 
kind of learning the domain that's something i had to try to find resources and i had to be resourceful as well to kind of figure out okay what is the most important thing that i need to learn first and then move forward i would have to admit that the first like couple of weeks in a new domain is can be intense because there's just so many resources that you can look at uh it can be overwhelming <laughs> to kind of figure out what resource is useful for you so ended up like taking probably three or four coursera courses and then later on realizing hmm maybe it's like it's useful for me but probably not immediately applicable <laughs> for my product as well so you'll go down paths which might not seem very useful at that time but in general i do feel that this process of i think i think depending on like what your current experiences are and what your previous experience what previous like learnings you've had related to the domain i think everyone kind of has to build their own learning pathways and i do think like at the end of the day it's people are not going to suggest you like a specific learning pathway but um it's important that if you're stuck like asking questions from my peers that's something that i heavily leaned on to my peers for so i would like reach out to an engineer or a subject matter expert in the company if i was stuck on a particular topic and i needed more clarity and that's where i think everyone was so super nice that they would take out time and of course we were not i was not in the office but we would like get on a zoom call <laughs> and kind of discuss the topic at hand it's hard for you maybe to answer this question but do you feel mm-hmm. like so i'm usually on the hiring part of this where for example i run an email marketing platform together with my co-founder so when we look for marketers when we look for anybody basically yeah. any mentioned of marketing automation is like oh amazing like and that sometimes <laughs> so that there is a subject matter expertise and then there is your actual expertise as a designer they complement each other which do you feel they were hiring for more on the subject matter hoping that you will learn the field or vice versa do you feel the field knowledge was more important so i think in this particular role i think what they were looking for is people who can bring great expertise in design into this like highly technical role uh, or domain and that's why i think they hired me without much experience in the machine learning domain as well given that okay yes it's learnable you know if you spend a couple of months you know enough about the domain to be to then start to influence as a designer and help i think the biggest thing is like helping these maybe more technical teams kind of trying to simplify some of the user workflows trying to ask good questions about okay like how do we think someone is going to use this or what happens before like they land into you know this part of the product where are they like how can we accelerate or make their workflow easier from when they're switching from one thing to the other and sometimes like a designer can really help bring these questions into a conversation which is what they were kind of hoping to to have because until when i joined there was only um, one designer for the entire ml platform and of course they were also very you know spread thin 
because there's just a lot of teams there's like six or seven teams within the ml platform itself and invariably what would happen is that if there's no design resource on that team engineers would go on and like build something that they feel is you know solving the user's problem and it would end up creating more technical debt and uh, ux debt in the platform so yeah the goal was like have a designer who demonstrates that okay they can learn and like have the curiosity and interest to, to learn this domain and then like work in the area to improve the user experience your previous experience at tableau uh, spending mm-hmm. four years in another data related platform you feel you yeah. parlayed that over or did you have to start from scratch because this technical industry is another part of technical industry doesn't overlap yeah so initially you know when i joined this team i was kind of expecting that yes my experience at tableau will come very handy here because <laughs> i was like at tableau i was designing for data visualization and like i was in the more of the sharing and collaboration of data visualization that was like my team at tableau i was exposed a lot to the data domain that's what i felt at that time but <laughs> <laughs> as soon as i kind of joined the team i just kind of realized this is a whole different area altogether and even though like my experience in tableau was helped me i felt maybe it kind of helped me feel comfortable initially to kind of embrace that okay data domain is uh is a little bit challenging and there's a lot lot of depth to it so i kind of knew coming in that okay that's what i'm going to face but i did not expect the kind of le- the level of depth that exists in the machine learning do- domain itself so i almost it was almost like starting from a blank slate uh, i would i would have to say <laughs> When it comes to product knowledge, do you feel like you're just deep diving into your own area or do you have a solid grasp on how the rest of the product functions like mm. with detail? That's a thing that keeps coming up in our product design team internal discussions as well. So I think at a high level all designers usually understand like okay what are people usually doing in the platform in the entire platform like what like people are aware of some of the main user journeys that like some of the users take but at the same time i think it's very hard to kind of understand to that level of detail in each product area for like every designer so for example like whenever so let's say we have a design critique in our like 15 member design team right and i bring up a design that i'm exploring in the machine learning domain even though like a lot of the designers uh, do understand okay high level conceptually what is going on here but the details and intricacies are still hard for people to know right so that that's where i think the onus kind of lies on the individual designer as well to kind of share enough context so that they can get useful feedback on that design but i would say by and large because there's like the platform i would say is like quite horizontal and quite deep <laughs> at the same time 
it's more designers are like specializing in their like particular areas itself you mentioned interacting with uh, other designers but how about actual stakeholders who might be deeply technical and how you make sure that everybody's on the same line with them the main thing that i've kind of learned over the years working with technical stakeholders is that and especially technical st- stakeholders who might not have worked with designers in the past is that i think you kind of have to come with a mindset of of learning when you're first like start to work with these teams that hey i'm here to learn and help and support with your existing product development practices um as opposed to coming in and you know telling the team that hey this is how you're you're doing this all wrong and this is how you know we should be uh working uh usually i feel like that kind of backfires uh, especially in the initial like few months because you want to spend time in building trust and demonstrating where as a designer you can like bring value so as an example this team that i started working on a databricks we designed we are designing this like experimentation tool for machine learning models and when i joined this team like i was there was no designer like working on this team and the team was like they had their own process of doing their user research and like designing the the product as well and like shipping like features into the product but when i joined in i think what i would suggest is like kind of focusing on one area that you think that okay maybe this is where i can have take ownership and kind of demonstrate that hey i can actually like help the teams improve their practices so in this particular case i took over like some small like usability enhancements in the product for this particular product and like created designs and like did reviews with some of the team members and over time when they kind of saw the the kind of i guess like work that design could do and the kind of value that they could bring they started giving me more responsibility and like started calling me into like planning seasons planning sessions and like strategy sessions as well so i think it's kind of like starting small bringing value but also i would say i think a big uh, thing also is that as designers sometimes it can feel a little bit intimidating <laughs> when you are conversing with like highly technical stakeholders and it's it can feel hard to push back as well because like let's say they're talking about some technical concept and you don't understand like fully what you know the context of it i would say don't be afraid to ask back questions about hey with from a beginner's mindset that hey i'm sorry i i don't understand this fully like what do you mean by xyz and why do you think is xyz important um and i think sometimes this uh this lens of asking questions really kind of also helps demonstrate that hey you are here to learn and it also challenges their thinking in uh, in the way of uh, in the way that they are used to thinking about the product as well so i think yeah some of these strategies have helped but it is i would say caution that it is a slow process it doesn't happen you know it's hard to kind of build those relationships very quickly so i would say you know for me it almost took like 7 or 8 months 
at databricks to kind of feel start feeling comfortable working with the team and like have a good close knit relationship with the technical teams that i was working with i'm so glad that you brought up um asking questions and mm-hmm. most importantly admitting that you don't understand something and asking again it's insane how much you want to just nod sometimes uh, and say <laughs> yes. yeah i got it and you didn't get it first time sometimes you don't get it the second time also happens like with foreign languages and stuff like you didn't get yes. the joke first time you didn't get the joke <laughs> second time but it's yeah. okay because nodding when you didn't get it is the worst <laughs> so <laughs> i guess take yeah, certain I'm, like the older i grew with time like only then i was able to honestly say i don't understand tell me more like <laughs> yes and you know the funny thing is people can make out that you are nodding but you don't necessarily get it like a lot of times people can see through it as oh, well oh yes <laughs> <laughs> so it i mean it doesn't help in like building trust uh, as well right so yeah uh, but it's a hard thing to learn i know like especially when you are starting out it's so hard to ask questions and like be comfortable doing that so yeah it was definitely a good learning <laughs> we see this a lot uh, during like uh, demo calls or consultations when uh, yeah. we are trying to explain like complex ideas in email automation and yeah. you just can feel that it glazes over them and they not because it's polite <laughs> and then you're training yourself to do better at explaining and you like uh, try to address those moments and say like oh maybe like some clarification is required and things like that so it's a two people game at least <laughs> yes 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 totally yeah i think to your point about it being a two people game i think i also kind of am on the other side sometimes where like in the case where i'm pres- sharing my machine learning work with my design team and where i am sort of the subject matter expert in that area right so maybe i think it's something for domain experts to kind of hone on better is also keep checking with your audience that you're explaining like hey are you familiar with these terms do they make sense to you like have checkpoints in place where you ask people that question as well uh, so mm-hmm. to kind of break that ice and like yeah someone can then ask you ask you back like no actually we do not know <laughs> can you elaborate please tell us more about the product development process that you have as much as you can share so let's say your engineering team with your help needs to address a certain issue help customers solve a problem mm-hmm. how do you go about it i'm pretty sure that's different from like designing a calendar app yeah So usually let's say if there's a problem that the team wants to work on usually starts with spending a lot of time doing user research this can be both challenging and uh, there are like certain workarounds that we've kind of found to for this process because getting access to users is is very time consuming in this uh, in our domain <laughs> so <laughs> yes as you are aware uh, so I think like we do a couple of practices that kind of help us understand the user's workflow. So one is this concept of critical user journeys which I think was popularized at Google and then at Databricks also we use it which is basically a few team members trying to go over a workflow themselves and then noting down okay what are the 
what are the things that worked, what things were absolutely need improvement, etc. So documenting that journey so everyone can kind of learn from that. And I feel like, and I've done that myself as a designer too in like some areas. And honestly, I think that exercise reveals so much about the entire workflow that otherwise even like open and like qualitative interviews can't reveal. So, you know, that's that's something we have try to do for every project that we work on. The other piece is then like trying to first scout for if there have been any previous customer conversations related to that particular topic. So in our, the machine learning team, we have a central repository of all the customer notes that any product manager or any engineer or any designer has done. So we try to like search for something. So we know that, oh, okay, this particular topic came up with XYZ customer like a month ago in another call. So then, you know, it kind of helps to target, to reach out to them in a more targeted fashion that, hey, we'd love to talk to your data scientists or your company about that particular problem. That does take a little bit time. You know, it's at least a two or three week process to kind of reach out, schedule calls and talk to users. And right now, most of this reach out is done by the PM and the designer collaborating. So uh, unfortunately, we don't have, at Databricks, we don't have full-time researchers in the team right now. So that's something that, you know, we've been taking up. And then from there, we kind of figure out, okay, what are the key jobs to be done for this particular project? Then start prioritizing, like, based on what we've heard and, like, also looking at some competitors, what they are doing in this space. So that's where I kind of also bring in like more help in like looking through competitors, like looking for inspiration. So, you know, I usually like organize some some of these competitor like screenshots, for example, or, you know, what I've seen in like Figma. So we can like easily kind of see, okay, what's the baseline of this experience out there? Of course, if you're building something totally zero to one with no precedent, (laughs) then it's, then you kind of have to, that's when the CUJ actually becomes very important as well. And then, yeah, like then from there on, it's just the, you know, design, iterate, like create some prototypes. And then we might do, depending on the timeline of the project, we might do probably just internal usability testing if it's like going, going out very soon. Or if we have like a couple of weeks, then we try to test out with some users as well, like do some usability testing as well before we roll it out. In complex spaces, it's pretty fascinating that sometimes looking at previous solutions can muddy up your vision Mm -hmm. so that you kind of fall into the previous patterns while they might not be perfect. They're legacy patterns designed by MailChimp in 2021. I'm, I'm sorry, in 2004 or something like that. And then everybody in the industry just follows them. So sometimes it really helps to do your MVP sketches first before looking at other solutions. But looking Uh, at other solutions, of course, it's necessary to make sure there is context. (laughs) Absolutely. You are so spot on there. And I think this is where it's also important to kind of take inspiration from other adjacent tools or like totally different tools as well. And like, keep like, hey, like, uh, 
wouldn't it be nice like and i i guess like it's more of again going through to first principle thinking about why does it why are things the way they are <laughs> why does it have to be that way and but you're right it it is very easy to kind of fall in that trap and you have to like constantly remind yourself that okay no 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 let's go back and and see why why does this work and if there's a better way to do the same thing as well one of my favorite principles is uh chesterton's fence it's about a like a new governor that saw a fence across the road and said why is it there let's remove it and well uh. it was there for a reason the, the the law says don't remove anything if you don't know exactly how that functions oh. <laughs> <So> <laughs> i guess that's a warning sign for consultants who come in uh, to product and <laughs> try to do something totally. Do you feel like what you describe in a complex industry can only be done by in-house designers? That's why you never outsource product development. Or is there a way, like a career journey for a consultant who specializes in complex things? I've not spent a lot of time thinking about it, actually. But now that I reflect on it, I do feel that internal product teams definitely have a huge advantage of like having access to the domain experts within the company itself as an external contractor it can be challenging for sure because like getting an understanding of the users like getting an understanding of the domain can take a long time and without access to those resources it can be hard that being said I do think maybe there's a opportunity if there's like agencies which are specializing in certain domains or you know then I think it probably makes more sense but yeah it's just it yeah I I would probably think that like in-house product design teams are probably more successful in these like complex designing for complex uh spaces If you had to start from scratch in another deeply technical company, mm-hmm. how would you optimize your first month or two over there? Like what would mm-hmm. be those activities? Yeah. So if I were to do that, I think the first month or two will be I think make sure I'm learning across three axes and the one being like understanding the the product first, understanding the users and then understanding the domain so to be successful in this area you need to like understand these three areas right and it can be a tricky balance to kind of figure out should i spend more time understanding about the users or should i spend more time understanding about the domain or should i just continue to explore the product and like see how everything works right so what i think i would try to kind of create a plan for like a, let's say a 30 day plan for you know maybe spending equal amounts of time doing all three initially when i'm when i've just joined so what that would mean is like so at databricks when i had initially joined i did not spend a lot of time in understanding the users aspect so i i was not spending time scheduling calls with customers and like kind of like which is in retrospect something that i should have done much earlier i started that in like month 2 and i think this this fact of like talking to customers is so enlightening in the beginning as well because and if you do that enough times 
some themes kind of just keep clicking in your brain and then you kind of realize oh i think like everyone kind of goes through it like that and it kind of brings out interesting areas so i would say like if i were to do this again i would definitely start either like watching any available recordings like user research recordings that are available as well as like schedule calls with customers and when it comes to like understanding the domain i think a, a common trap that people fall into is like that you know that there's so much to learn and you kind of just like go into you know just taking ton of courses and like continue to watch videos and all of that and it's easy to fall into that trap but like i would say maybe like get an overview but then focus on one area at a time only because like over time you will get time to kind of learn the domain uh, over the months but i think what's important is like learn about the product learn about the users spend more time there and the domain uh, learning will continue to happen on the job as you are like doing it like working on the product learning about the customers is done by either participating or watching the interviews mm-hmm. learning about the product is it hands on playing with it or reading the docs or watching tutorials what's the most info- effective for you at least yeah so i would say the first is just kind of understanding how the company positions the whole product itself so what i would do is i would like watch previous keynotes of the company like previous youtube videos of like the founders kind of explaining a key concept so i can understand in like layman terms okay what what is this capability in our product right so that's like one the for high level understanding and but that doesn't translate into you kind of knowing how actually people actually go through the <laughs> through the product itself so that's when the next thing comes in which is like again the the cujs that i was mentioning earlier where you know you're trying to use the product a little bit uh, as an as an end user so as an example when i um, in this team um i started like building my own machine learning models in in the in databricks and it sound it you know i would have never imagined being able to do it myself like like i don't know how to do it right but they had there were some workarounds that i found which made it easier for me so i could like i i copied a bunch of code from another tool and i just pasted that code in in our product and just kind of saw okay like what does that process actually look like right and that just gave me so much more insight about like okay getting myself familiar with like the various parts of the product that okay if i'm building this model i need to ingest data i need to bring in data from somewhere now how do i go get data oh there's like 20 clicks involved to actually go get data in the platform right so you kind of get exposed to a lot of these nuances in the product yeah i think like that's the most i would say actionable advice i'd give to anyone is like try to use the product as a end user of course you won't you are not the end user but try to see if you can use it for your personal projects or try to play around with it a little bit more or be more hands on speaking of the product field 
you mentioned that your own field is ever changing and changing all the time. What do you do to keep up with those modern trends and things that happen? You know, in this space, again, especially with LLMs, this field has been, you know, evolving <laughs> at a very accelerated pace. So the way I kind of keep myself informed is one, again, through, you know, I have these certain newsletters that I subscribe to who are in, which are in the AI space that kind of help me stay on top of things like, okay, what's OpenAI doing? What are new companies coming in the space, etc.? I also like, if I come across something interesting, I do kind of spend time looking at, okay, what is this company doing? And like, you know, what does that product look like? How did they actually solve this problem that they are working on in their product? So that also gives me inspiration. But then also like, I would say over time, when you kind of work in the domain, hopefully it builds some curiosity in you to kind of learn more as well. So I also kind of, find myself like just in general being curious and like watching tutorials or like videos about new concepts that I'm hearing for example in meetings like and then I have no idea about so I'll just I'll either try to use chat GPT even or like you know watch videos about where people are like, like explaining these concepts so I would say like my understanding on like new things as they're evolving kind of again starts at a surface level where I just know the definition <laughs> and and like over time I kind of kind of learn more. As we're wrapping up today's episode uh, where can people find you online so that they can keep learning from you? Yes yes so yeah if you want to reach out about designing for technical domains or just otherwise you can email me at hello at rhythma.me and I'm also available on Reachable on LinkedIn. And my handle is RhythmaGupta26 on LinkedIn. So yeah, reach out to me on these two, uh, two surfaces. <laughs> Thanks so much once again for sharing your wisdom. And uh, good luck with all this challenging yet exciting journey, learning the technical field. Thank you so much, Jane. It was wonderful talking with you today. Thank you and have a wonderful rest of your week. <laughs>